Cyberspin, topics you care about by people you trust. This is Cyberspin, the podcast that helps you navigate CMMC. And now for the show. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Cyberspin, where we're featuring our CMMC guides to help you get to know our team of CMMC experts. I'm Lauren Frickle, and I'm part of the marketing team here at Redspin. And today's guide is Robert Teague, director of CMMC. Welcome to Cyberspin, Rob. Do you mind giving us a little introduction? I love hearing about your background. I got my start in the United States Army. Not going to date myself, but I'll tell you, I did 31 years in the service. And I started out in information technology, and it just kind of grew into what it is today within the military and uh, ended up with cyber security background. And that's what I bring forward to the table here with Redspin and CMMC. One, I know the terminology the military uses. And two, I understand the environments they're operating out of. Thank you, Rob. And also, thank you for your service. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Can you kind of go into a little more detail about your specialty in cybersecurity, including how you support the CMMC initiative? Sure. So I'm I'm a little bit further down in the folks that you talk to to Redspin when you get a hold of us. Usually you're talking to me if there's some kind of clarity on the CMMC process and how we do the assessments. But mostly you'll end up in my lap once you've signed the contract. You'll meet myself and our project manager, Ross Piper. From there, uh, we coordinate the project with you. We, we give you all the templates you need in order to set up the assessment interviews. And then from there, we help walk you through in preparation for the assessment. Once the assessment kicks off, I assign all of the lead assessors and assistants to do the assessment. And then I operate typically as a quality assurance assessor. So I will pop in and out of the meetings as the assessment is going on to ensure that everything is operating as it's intended to based off of our training as certified assessors. And then at the end, I'm the one that uploads all of the documentation through EMAS to the Department of Defense and pulls down your CMMC certificate to issue it to you. So by the time you get to me, you're it's a pretty real deal. You're getting ready to go through CMMC. The other thing I do in the process is keep uh, I keep everybody calm as we're nearing that assessment stage. A lot of nerves start to come into play. Some folks are thinking, okay, we may not be ready. I am there as an assurer to us to kind of back up and reinforce that you are ready. Uh, we're not going to beat you up. Uh, it's just a certification. Some of the other things I do for CMMC as a whole is I am on the CMMC Standards Council. I was also one of the early members as a provisional assessor that helped build out the portions of the exams for the certified CMMC professional and the certified CMMC assessors. The other thing we do is meet weekly with the Cyber AB to provide feedback on the joint surveillance program, which is currently underway. And then we also provide feedback to Department of Defense on how the Joint Surveillance Program is operating and then how that plays a role into CMMC. So one of the things we'll be doing here soon is meeting with the DOD to kind of leverage and give them that information that will feed into the program and hopefully assist a lot of the DIB contractors out there. First, let me just say, wow, Rob, you do a lot. And a lot of our listeners might not know, but you also author a lot of our CMMC related content on our site, from our blogs to our white papers. And you're also on the road quite a bit. If it's not for CMMC assessment related travel, it's for events. You're often speaking at events um, at our booth 
booth, you're on the road quite a bit. And I can't help but wonder, I know um, you mentioned you are former Army. Can you tell me a little bit more about your military background? Um, sure. So again, I got into information technology to start with. And then when I went in, it was mostly telephone lines and switchboard operations, which eventually morphed into uh, radio and satellites. And then that morphed into when computers started coming online, building out lands and WANs for the Department of the Army. Mostly what I did was provided communication service to the combat arms units, such as the infantry, cavalry, artillery, and armor. Uh, we would go out with them on the forward locations in austere environments, set up the communications so they could, you know, not only talk back to the headquarters, but also to the states so that the the soldiers could have time, you know, and availability to talk to their families. So I did that for quite a few years. And for some reason, the Army kept promoting me until I became a sergeant major. And from there, I went to the Sergeant's Majors Academy and uh, learned the bigger picture, if you will. So it really took me out of a tactical environment and showed me the strategic side of things within the United States Army, such as planning big giant exercises. Uh, I did a lot of uh, planning with Canada for maple leaf operations, a lot of stuff in the Pacific for Thailand. We did the all of those kinds of exercises to include Korea and Japan. So, you know, once I finished uh, all of that event planning, if you will, and coordinating efforts, uh, then I became a command sergeant major where I led actually Roughly 450 to 750 personnel, and that included active duty military, guard reserves, contractors, civilian folks that worked for the government. Uh, and I oversaw most of the operations and training for those personnel as we deployed downrange to support the war efforts for the U.S. Army. Let me just say, wow, again, would love <laughs> to hear your military stories, but that's a conversation for another day because mm. in the sense of time, and we all know you're a busy guy, I can hear your pings in the background. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to get to our final question of the day. And that is, in your experience, how do you see the principles and practices of CMMC influencing and reshaping the broader cybersecurity ecosystem? And, and you know, Lauren, that is a, a great question. That is one of the reasons uh, myself and Dr. Thomas Graham go out on the road to all these conferences, summits, uh, we try to meet whenever we can with the defense industrial base and all the contractors that support the government because their role is vital. What they provide and the services they, they offer to the, the military, it's vital to the mission. Uh, for example, the Army's motto is fight our nation's wars and win. But we can't do that without some of the products and solutions that these DIP contractors provide. So when they do that, uh, they contain a lot of data that is very uh, vital to national security. If that data is leaked, for example, in the F-22 uh, aircraft that was taken, some of the designs by the Chinese, that enabled them to build their kind of counterpart of that aircraft a lot faster than normal. That puts those in the ground in harm's way, and that's what we try to avoid. What I love about CMMC is, first of all, these regulations have been in place going back to 2017 in December. Um, so they were supposed to already have a lot of these cybersecurity controls in place. The problem was there was nobody really there to enforce those rules uh, because the Department of Defense is very busy and the, the Department of Justice just did not have the time to go after folks that 
did not abide by these regulations. So CMMC is really simply just the validation arm of the requirements that are already in place. So what I love about it is it takes the, the contractor's, I guess, mindset, if you will, of shifting from a reactive type of cybersecurity to a proactive type of cybersecurity to where now they're following all the latest threat vectors. They are tightening down the controls and clamping down who can download what kind of documents and who it goes to. Uh, that only strengthens their network, and that is vital because if they don't do that, then those on the ground cannot be benefactors of the services and solutions they provide. So, uh, you know, when I retired from the military in 2018, I came on board with this team. I kind of took over Red Spin, and, and that's the passion that we bring with this team. It's not just myself. A lot of our uh, folks that work within Red Spin have some type of tie to the Department of Defense, whether it be prior service military whether they're still serving on active uh, guard or reserve, or whether they were a Department of Defense civilian. All of them are passionate because they've worked on the inside with the government, and they understand the importance that the contractors bring to the space. Uh, again, the, the soldiers on the ground, the warfighters cannot win our nation's wars if they don't have the tools to do so. And that's what these folks provide. So our piece of the puzzle and with CMMC is just making sure their network is secure so that they can continue to provide those goods. Very well said, Rob. And thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you to our listeners for checking out today's CMMC guide, Rob Teague. I hope you enjoyed our quick interview. Keep an eye out on Redspin's LinkedIn page as we'll feature CMMC guides all month long in recognition of Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Finally, be sure to like our posts and share any thoughts in the comments.